Pote means high in French, and couture refers to sewing, dressmaking, and needlework in French, which together brings us haute couture. The term first originated in reference to the work of an English fashion designer named Charles Frederick Worth. He is thought to be the father of haute couture and made his name in Paris, France. He was considered an innovator at the time because he allowed the clients to choose from fabrics, colors, and other details before he began the design process. The term haute couture is often misused. Haute couture is a protected name in France. In France, they have a governing body for the fashion industry, which translates to English as French Federation of Fashion and Ready-to-Wear Couturiers and Fashion Designers. In order to use haute couture in advertising, you have to be a member of the Chambre Sonicale de la Haute Couture. Welcome to Most Fashionable Crime, a fashion-related true crime podcast hosted by me, Taryn. If you want to be on trend, make sure to sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow the podcast on Twitter at Most Fashionable, and Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Most Fashionable Crime. There is also a discussion group on Facebook and a Reddit community, which are both linked in the notes. I want to give a special shout out to those that are forever on trend, which are the supporters of this podcast. I appreciate you all so much. There's a link in the notes if you would like to support too. Three ways to support Most Fashion Crime are to share this podcast with anyone who may like it or may not know yet that they will like it. Leave a five-star rating and a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and just listen and engage on social media. Award season is a huge time of year for the fashion industry. You can see what was ripped from the runway, borrowed from the archives, and customized. This is when a lot of people that aren't typically into fashion participate and give their own opinions on what they see on the red carpet. We see best dress lists as well as the worst dress lists. People tend to play fashion police and let us know how much they loved or hated the garments that graced the red carpet. For the most part, men's fashion is pretty standard when it comes to the red carpet. A nice Tom Ford suit here and maybe a blouse and wide leg pant there. I would say the majority of editors, journalists, fashion enthusiasts, and Twitter users tune in to see what the women wore. They look to see how their hair was styled, what makeup look they went for, what jewels they had on, and if they brought a date. One singer and actress people count on to end up on either the best or worst dress list is Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanata, otherwise known by her stage name Lady Gaga. Most of Lady Gaga's style can be described as camp. If you're unfamiliar with the term, in this setting, which is fashion and style, according to Wikipedia, camp is an aesthetic style and sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value. A designer that comes to mind for me is Jeremy Scott, who has been the creative designer for Moschino since 2013, and he also owns his own namesake label. Another designer label I think falls under the camp umbrella is Gucci, especially when you look at the Dapper Dan and Gucci collaborations. If you're not familiar with any of this, I will put a gallery of images you can look through on the MFC blog. Another example of camp I think a lot of people remember is Lady Gaga's raw meat dress that she wore to the 2010 MTV Music Video Awards. She is well known for her campiness, which is why it came to a shot to no one when she was announced one of the co-chairs of the 2019 Met Gala 
along with Serena Williams, Harry Styles, and Alessandro Michele, the creative director of Gucci. The Met Gala is a formal fundraising dinner for the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City. Each year, the dinner is themed and kicks off a new exhibition at the museum, which follows the same theme. The theme in 2019 was Camp Notes on Fashion. The guests wear outfits that is an interpretation of the theme and walk through the exhibition of garments and looks styled according to the theme throughout the museum. 2019 was a huge year for Lady Gaga, mainly in part to her starring in the fourth film version of the movie, A Star is Born, alongside Bradley Cooper. With this movie, she became the first woman to win an Academy Award, a Grammy Award, a BAFTA Award, and a Golden Globe Award all within one year for her work on the A Star is Born soundtrack. Lady Gaga served look after look during the press tour for the film. She wore Louis Vuitton, Jonathan Sokai, Armani Privé, and Ralph and Russo, just to name a few. She's been a fashion girl for quite some time, and she was even the youngest person to be awarded the Council of Fashion Designers of America, commonly referred to as the CFDA, Fashion Icon Award. Last week, it was announced she would be uprooted as the youngest person due to Zendaya winning the award. While on the press tour, she also gave some words of inspiration over and over again that I will let you all hear for yourself. There can be 100 people in the room and 99 don't believe in you. But I had this one incredible talent with me. There can be 100 people in the room and 99 don't believe in you and you just need one to believe in you and that was him, so. You can have 100 people in the room that are watching you and 99 don't believe in you and one does and that was him, so. The 2019 Golden Globes were held on Sunday, January 6th at the Beverly Hilton in Beverly Hills, California. A Star is Born was competing in award categories with other movies such as Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, and If Bill Street Could Talk. Lady Gaga stepped onto the red carpet wearing silver platform Giuseppe Zanotti heels, adorned in $5 million worth of Tiffany & Co. jewels, and draped in a periwinkle dramatic Hope Couture strapless ball gown with a matching voluminous shawl by Valentino. The train of the dress had to be carried by two people, and Gaga's hair was colored to match the dress. Streets of blue along her white blonde hair. A lot of people drew comparisons to the ball gown Judy Garland wore in the 1954 version of A Star is Born. But Lady Gaga said the gown she wore was not inspired by Garland's, but she loved the coincidence. Lady Gaga went home that night with a win for her best original song, Motion Picture, for Shallow. This was her second Golden Globe win overall. What she didn't go home with, allegedly, is the Haute Couture Valentino gown. When Thursday, January 10th came around and Lady Gaga checked out of her hotel, she left the Couture gown. That is, according to Sarah Correa. I will tell you Sarah's version of events, what her opposition says, and then I will get into some of my theories or conspiracies. Sarah wrote a letter in Spanish dated, October 17, 2019, and I believe someone translated the same letter into English for her. Both letters are photographed in, in an article by CNN. It reads, hello, my name is Sarah Correa. I work as a housekeeper at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. I'm always present working in the Golden Globe events on January every year for 24 years. The artist, singer Lady Gaga left me this dress that she used for the day of the awards, one first place because of the dress. 
I turned in the dress to Lost and Found on the 8th, January 2019. After the time legally held by Lost and Found, they gave it to me as a gift from her, and today I want to auction the dress. Just from this letter alone, I have questions. The Beverly Hilton should be more than well-versed in working with celebrities. If a giant light blue ball gown ends up in your Lost and Found, why would they not contact Lady Gaga or someone on her team? A lot of the dresses you see on the red carpet are loaned to celebrities by the designer or label. People that are nominated, especially in major award categories like Lady Gaga, get some of the best options and designers are fighting to dress them because while they don't pay for the wardrobe, typically it's publicity. This leads to my next question. Whose job was it to make sure the gown was sent back to Valentino? It was thought that maybe Valentino thought the dress was sent to be put on display at the House of Gaga exhibit in Las Vegas. This was the third Valentino look worn by Lady Gaga during the press tour in award season. I'm assuming either a stylist, styling assistant, assistant, or any other member of her entourage were able to get these designer pieces back to the designer throughout this whole time. The price of a Valentino haute couture gown starts at $150,000. Why is it so expensive? There are very specific rules and guidelines that must be followed in order to have garments qualified as haute couture. According to Business of Fashion, to qualify as an official haute couture house, members must design made-to-order clothes for private clients with more than one fitting, using an atelier or workshop that employs at least 15 full-time staff. They must also have 20 full-time technical workers in one of their workshops. Finally, Haute Couture Houses must present a collection of no less than 50 original ideas, both day and evening garments, to the public every season in January and July. Unless things were going on internally between Gaga's team and the Valentino team, there is nothing that I found that shows that anyone was aware the dress was missing until it ended up for auction. As mentioned in the letter, after eight months of sitting in the hotel's lost and found, Sarah decided to put the dress up for auction with Nate D. Sanders, which is an auction house in Los Angeles, California. Seeing as this gown was custom fit to Lady Gaga, I doubt there was any other use that Sarah had for it. The opening bid was for $8,000 and the second was a little under $10,000. The top bid was just under $20,000. Eight days after Sarah Carrera wrote that letter of authenticity, someone from Valentino reported the gown as stolen to the Beverly Hills Police on October 25, 2019. Their investigation found that the gown was not stolen and no crime took place. Pierre Paolo Pacioli did not authenticate the gown, but the gown was still pulled from the auction. Pierre Paolo Pacioli is an Italian fashion designer, and he has been the creative director of Valentino since 2008. It was said that the hotel and Valentino were working to resolve the issue. I also wanted to point out that the hotel did an internal investigation and did not find that Sarah did anything wrong on her part. Is Sarah a thief? I don't think so. Apparently, the gown was left for a member of the Valentino team to pick up. However, the ball was dropped probably by someone on Gaga's team. I wouldn't think that you would just leave a custom gown in a hotel room. You would probably leave it with hotel security or in some sort of secured area, which I'm sure the hotel has. I also don't think that the hotel gave this dress to Sarah as a gift from Lady Gaga. I do think that it was someone's job to make sure the gown got to where it was supposed to be and that person didn't do it. 
I also think that Valentino reported it stolen, maybe due to miscommunication about what actually happened. Or it's just the fact that you don't want to hold Couture Gown going on auction for a lot less than what Gown is valued. And all in all, it gives the hotel, Lady Gaga's team, and the Valentino team not so great publicity, seeing as this isn't just a normal dress. And clearly there's an answer here that we just don't know. Someone noted that Lady Gaga did not wear Valentino the rest of the season, potentially hinting at a strain in the relationship. The relationship, however, appears to be mended and repaired as she continues to dress in Valentino and she also has a perfume with the label. Thank you so much for listening to Most Fashionable Crime and don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss anything. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, download episodes, and leave a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. All of my sources are linked in the notes. In case you're wondering, this podcast was written, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Taryn. All the music you heard in the episode is from Epidemic Sound.